0: This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back uh, on the show. Hope everybody enjoyed this past weekend, this past week of college football. The amazing thing coming up starting tomorrow, we have action, Action on uh tuesday wednesday for the rest of the year in november and uh so we get a ton of college football it's gonna be a lot of fun for us to be able to watch so many games night in night out and uh, in the month of november there are there are only two days where we don't get college football uh, Wednesday before Thanksgiving and the last day of November November 30th. So a lot of fun, a lot of action about to be taking place now starting tomorrow. it's gonna be a lot of fun guys looking forward to to some uh, like I said some action starting tomorrow. look I'm looking forward to uh, getting to a game or two for mac play uh, in the coming weeks. Um, doing some traveling there, and then uh, still got a couple games to get to to reach my goal for five a season. So really hoping I can get to three or four in the month of November here to reach my goal for the year. But let's first, with that being said, uh, more conference realignment news uh, today. Just just some crazy, crazy stuff going on. It's, it's Really, really fun to see everything going on, but, uh, when we look at, uh, the reports today, uh, Conference USA losing more teams, um, looking like they're going to lose more teams, looking like, uh, as early as the end of this week that, uh. Western Kentucky and middle Tennessee state will be heading to the Mac. It looks like which great additions for the Mac really. Um, Especially for sports like basketball where Western Kentucky and middle Tennessee have very good history of basketball, but from a football perspective, uh, it's a big deal because Western Kentucky and middle Tennessee state do have a history of having um, some pretty decent programs. So again, it's a big deal uh, for, for the Mac to get to fourteen teams, I'd uh, be really interested to see how they divide up the league. At that point, if they put Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee both in the East, or if they try to separate them, I, I would think they'd want to keep them together. And just like, uh, just from a rivalry standpoint, because they're right next to each other, really. But uh, if they just take Toledo and Bowling Green and add them to the West. I think that makes more sense to go Northern Illinois, Ball State, Eastern, Western, Central Michigan, and then you add Toledo and Bowling Green to uh, the West, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do, but I think that makes the most sense. Um, It'll be really interesting to see if there's any other uh, additions for the MAC. I know a couple names have been thrown around, uh, UMass and UConn. Be really interesting to see how that goes. I I I don't really see either of those teams joining the MAC. I think the MAC is pretty set where they are right now. I think if the MAC adds somebody, it'll be FCS level teams like Youngstown State or Illinois State, somebody like that. I, I, I UMass used to be in the MAC, and the MAC kind of like forced them out, which led to, uh, which led to UMass being an independent currently. So I I just see, I see that, uh, and then I just don't see UConn joining that league as a football only member. The, the, the other news today with conference USA losing two more leads them with Louisiana tech, FIU and UTEP, um, as the only members and you need to have eight active members to be an FBS conference. But it's just been reported today, or just been reported within the last hour or two, that Liberty and New Mexico State, FBS independents, are going to be joining Conference USA. Liberty, obviously, a very good get. And, uh, and then adding FCS members, Jacksonville State and Sam Houston State. So, very interesting there. Jacksonville State has been... A Very very successful program at the FCS level and Sam Houston State won the national title last year at the FCS level So they are getting two good members But the the issue that arises here well first I'm going to start off with the issue that arises is um, how many people are Well first off Conference USA is going to need a TV deal but the problem with a TV deal is who really wants to see the New Mexico State-Jacksonville um, State football game? I, I just don't see that being a draw at all um, for for a major TV contract. Or FIU against Sam Houston State, just not a, uh, just not a huge uh, drawing. I mean, you're going to have guys like me who just love football that are going to tune in and watch it, but... I think conference this new conference USA is going to have to um, take notes from the MAC and uh, the Sun Belt and play and play a lot of their games on weekdays because nobody is going to watch their games, unfortunately, which is which is unfortunate for you, like, like UTEP because UTEP's resurgence this resurgence this year has been amazing and uh, they're six and two. And they're about to host an undefeated and ranked uh, UTSA team, who is very, very talented, with multiple NFL players on the roster. Um, but I mean, it'll be re- it's going to be really, really interesting to see, in my opinion, um, <clears throat> if the Mountain West becomes active in this in this year, because r- recently there have been there have been rumors that the Big Twelve is going to have a second a uh, stage of expansion which 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 I have seen involve Boise State, SMU uh, Memphis and South Florida um, which is another interesting thing but it'll be really interesting to see if anybody leaves the mountain West, who the mountain West or even if the mountain West stays put who the mountain West is looking at, whether it be the FCS level with like North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Montana, Montana State, or if they're looking at, say, uh, UTEP or even New Mexico State, um, just because of the location, but, uh, I mean, obviously, New Mexico State hasn't had the best of luck from the football standpoint lately, but they do have a good basketball program, but uh, I digress with that, but let's get back to Conference USA. The, the other issue now with Conference USA is only having the seven members, and they need to have eight. So you know Conference USA is going to do, be doing everything in their power. <clears throat> you would think they're on the phone constantly with UConn. You would think UConn would be the team that Conference USA is trying to get to go. With my connections, uh, with my with my support, from uconn fans all over thank you guys again so much for your your support and everything but uh i have to say that uconn honestly is one of the few independents that is set up really well for some sustained success at the independent level over the next handful of years five plus years i would say the scheduling that they have done is tremendous uh A.D. Benedict has done just a great job building a very, very good schedule for for that level and, uh, and uh, challenging UConn weekly. And then the other big deal for UConn, like I've said before, is the TV deal that they have with CBS Sportsnet that runs through, I believe it runs through 2024, which is a huge, huge deal for them. Because, I mean, as we all know, that that coaching vacancy is up and that that coaching hire could change a lot of things and it could change the whole TV deal and the perspective of UConn and what they're looked at in the future when it comes to the next round of expansion, which we have to imagine that there's going to be another round of expansion in the future. But uh, I just don't feel like UConn is going to join any conference The only positive I see of UConn joining a conference is then having an alignment for bowl tie ins, which I've talked about this before. But being an independent makes it very, very, not very, very difficult because if you win games, they're going to put you in a bowl game. Like a half BYU Army Navy when they were good. Like they make bowl games. Like uh, it's not. They. They find a way to put the good teams in Liberty last year. I mean, if, if you're good enough, you're going to get in. So I, it's, I, I don't think there's any question that if UConn gets to the level that we think that we all think and see that they can do that, even as an independent, they will find ways to make bowl games. That's not, that's not a question to me. The team I think conference USA really needs to focus on right now is UMass. And and I know it's not like I understand. It's not like a huge, huge draw. I I get it, but you need that extra team from a football perspective, and and UMass desperately needs a tie-in somewhere, and and it makes me wonder if if UMass joins Conference USA, if then another. One or two Northeast teams are like, "Hey, like we should look. We should look at this." And, and I think it would be more so at the from the FCS level, as like say a Villanova or or um, Delaware. I'm just throwing names out there, guys. But uh, it, it 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 intrigues me then to see if a couple other northeastern teams say, "Hey, maybe we could take this route too." Which, which then leads me to the next point I want to talk about with the FCS teams moving up. We have three confirmed, well, seem to be confirmed. They're not set in stone, but we have very, very credible sources telling us that JMU, James Madison University, Jacksonville State, and Sam Houston State are all going to be moving up from the FCS level to the FBS level, and New Mexico State, for that matter, who was going to move down to the FCS level in the WAC, but is now going to stay put in the FBS level. So with New Mexico State staying put, that puts us at the 130 plateau that we've all talked about. Now, adding JMU, Jacksonville State, and Sam Houston State moves the FBS level to 133, which adds three more teams to my tour of attending all the fbs stadiums i i I am a fan obviously of the expansion and getting to different parts of the country i look forward to visiting those three stadiums and every other stadium for that matter in the future and uh the more the merrier is how i look at it but but it leads but it leads to how many more fcs teams could we see moving up Um, like I've said, I, it, if there was more expansion in the MAC, I feel like that's the way the MAC would go. If there's expansion in the Mountain West, would they go that route? Uh, I think it just depends on who gets taken from them. Conference USA is going to need going to need to add another team, at least one more. Do they get UMass? Do they get UConn? Or do they have to go the FCS route again? I mean, there is a plethora of teams that they could talk to. To join Conference USA, but uh, it's it's definitely not going to be the Conference USA of my youth, where it was Memphis, Louisville, um, Marquette, like DePaul, like just battling it out in basketball for that. From DePaul's perspective, but but just there were really really good football games between a lot of those. A lot of, I mean, there was Conference USA was fantastic. So now Conference USA is a shell of itself and uh just really really interesting it'll be really really interesting to see how that goes so now let's let's take a turn into coaching vacancies with the shocking uh opening at tcu texas christian university with uh coach patterson and the university agreeing mutually to part ways um that that one threw me for a loop yesterday when i saw that it, it, as as it did a lot of people i know i mean that that one was was shocking to say the least and um again really 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 surprising i feel like he had earned he had earned the right to to play out as long, as long as he wanted to be there. Definitely, uh, when, when you're at a university, as long as uh, Gary Patterson was, he has a statue outside um, at the university. He's the most influential person in that university, for that university for the last 20 to 25 years, like let's be honest. Um, just very very surprising there with that move. I mean, I understand that the football program hasn't been what uh what people think it would be for the past handful couple of years. But nonetheless, like this man built this program from the ground up from the WAC to the Mountain West to to all the way up into the Big 12. I mean, what they were what they were able to do with that program is Nothing short of amazing. And did anybody get more out of their players than Gary Patterson? I mean, he he recruited lower-level guys and turned them into um, really good football players and, and NFL draft picks year in, year out. So, I mean, it's it's a big deal. And uh, kudos to him for a fantastic career. Bravo. And I, you know all his players love him in their – really really happy for him going into his retirement but this isn't the way that it should have went that's it's just unfortunate that it had to end this way but uh unfortunately that's the way college football is is turning right now the the next coaching uh it's not a vacancy yet but i think it's very clear that it's going to be in the very near future um if you didn't see the quotes from Dan Mullen today, the head coach of the University of Florida, just like mind-boggling and head-scratching, just it, it, his comments basically were, in, in my opinion, this is what I put out on Twitter, is tell me you're you're getting fired without telling me you're getting fired. <laughs> so here's a quote from Dan Mullen when he was asked about recruiting. He, he said, we're in the season now. We'll do recruiting after the season. When it gets to recruiting time, we can talk about recruiting. Which then led to, later on in the afternoon, the Florida Gators canceled all remaining media availability this week, outside of Dan Mullen on the SEC teleconference. (laughs) Which, I mean, I don't feel like I need to speak from experience as a college basketball coach about this topic, but I will from coaching at the college level. Recruiting is a never ending animal. I loved, I loved recruiting because I loved building relationships uh, with student, student athletes and trying to help them fulfill their dream of becoming a college athlete. But it's also the most time consuming thing that you can do. And You spend all these times building relationships with other people when, uh, I'll speak for myself personally, when you hinder your other relationships that are more important at home and with other family members and friends and uh, that's part of the reason why I got out of coaching was uh, for that aspect but I mean, for Dan Mullen to say that you're not in recruiting season, well, there's no such thing as a recruiting season, for goodness sake. It is always, You are always recruiting. And, and that's what separates Alabama and Georgia from Florida. It's point blank right there why Nick Saban is so much better than everyone else. Like, it, Alabama and Georgia are – are where they're at right now because of that commitment and because of doing their job the right way. Florida isn't getting the players that Florida should be getting. And it's made very obvious by those comments. And I, I was messaging a handful of different coaches throughout the day just because of hearing those comments and seeing those comments. And I'm just like, guys, guys and gals, can you believe somebody would say this, especially somebody at that high of a level, like you were the head football coach, the university of Florida in the sec. And you're going to make the comments of we're, I'm not going to speak about recruiting because it's not recruiting season. It's just mind blowing to me. And it like, make something up for goodness sake. I mean, that's what you come up with. You might as well have just dropped recruits names and, and uh, got NCA sanctions for goodness sake, Be- besides making comments like that. I mean, though I mean those, those type of comments, if I'm an AD, I don't even know if I want to hire you in the future. That's how bad those comments are in my opinion because that's a, that tells me, do you really want this job? Do you really want this job and what all it entails? Because recruiting is a never-ending monster, guys. Never-ending. Again, speaking from experience on that side of it, recruiting never ends. Every single night you are making phone calls, every single night you are talking to people, coaches, players, parents. It's never-ending, okay? It, 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 it makes me go back to the old NCAA football games, the old EA sports games, where you would be like, oh, I can only spend, a, you could only do a five minute phone call with this recruit, where you had a 15 minute uh, tele or, or a conference with this other recruit. Like, that's what it feels like to me. Something as juvenile and as simple as that is, is like the thought process for Dan Mullen with that. And and I love Dan Mullen as a person. I really, really do. And I really feel like he can. He he obviously can be a good football coach. He got the job at the University of Florida, for goodness' sake. But it it's just it's just mind blowing that 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 he would say that, and it's it's really sad to see because like I talked to my brother about this today and I've had my brother on the show. Uh, he works in the university of Florida and I'm like, what, like the mindset that that has to instill in a fan base is just, it has to be absolutely deflating. And, uh, obviously Florida hasn't had the year that they would expect. And, uh, It doesn't look like they're going to be able to turn around with those type of comments. But time will tell. I mean, there's still time left to play in the season. But, uh, again, time will tell. The next thing I want to talk about, the transfer portal really, really picking up this week in particular. Georgia State losing a former starting quarterback and starting running back who, in my opinion, have P5 potential as players uh, be really really interesting to see how that turns out of course the big name dropping today miles brennan the quarterback former quarterback at lsu who coming into the year a lot of people had in their top 10 for quarterbacks some were even mentioning him in the heisman talk but now he is leaving lsu and, and it'd be really really interesting to see where he ends up because i mean he's gonna have his pick i, I would think he will end up having his pick of where he wants to go um obviously it'll be interesting to see what happens there i I, i've already seen somebody mention virginia tech um obviously we we have to imagine a coaching change i've talked about that a coaching change would seem to be coming there in the near future um but it, it It'll be interesting to see where he ends up Obviously he's very very talented You don't end up at LSU for no reason But uh, Again the portal really really uh, Expanding this week It's been pretty crazy to see the names entering that And the three I mentioned Were just three of the bigger names that I saw Uh, Again like the two Georgia State players were starters um, Not this year but in the past So, I mean, you got guys with significant experience. um, And then, of course, Brennan at quarterback, you're getting a guy who can step in right away and be a very legitimate football player for you. I want to spend the rest of my show, I'm going to talk about uh, my top 25, and then I'm going to talk about um, a huge rivalry uh, that I will get to. First, I want to, but before I get to that, the ACC came out today, uh, will have a 20% reduction in, a, in communication devices versus Georgia tech for violating NCAA rules. The ACC announced it involves defensive staff. If it involves defensive staff might actually be an improvement, which is a joke, of course, made by, uh, Brett McMurray, McMurphy. but, uh, To penalize every other team that plays Georgia, in my opinion, is just, it's mind-blowing because, Georgia Tech, I should say, not Georgia, because Georgia Tech is the one who committed the, the offense here, uh, so, I, I, I don't understand why other teams have to pay the, pay the penalty for, uh, for Georgia Tech's issue. Like it this doesn't that just doesn't make sense to me. But uh obviously crazier things and have happened and time will tell how this ends up, but <clears throat> we'll see. I mean it just doesn't make sense to me. But let me jump into my top twenty five now. Of course number one Georgia. Two Cincinnati three Alabama four Ohio State. I I, I want to say Georgia and Alabama are the two best teams in college football, everyone. They, they really are. But I, I gave Cincinnati the nod at two because they have a really good win against Notre Dame, and they're undefeated, and I want to reward that. Then Alabama and Ohio State, very, very, very talented football teams. Then at number five, I have Michigan State, who – Played amazingly against Michigan this past weekend. And I will get to the Michigan-Michigan State game. I, I really want to talk about that just because of my allegiance being from the state of Michigan. It's a huge deal what's going on there. And, and Kenneth Walker III, what he did, um, he solidified a Heisman uh, invite to New York City for sure. But uh, he definitely had a Heisman moment in that game, having five touchdowns and nearly 200 yards on the ground. He, he's this definitely the favorite right now, and I wouldn't even say it's close right now. But uh, that young man had his Heisman moment against a really, really good defense. And kudos to him and the Spartans for that victory. But I will get more to that in a minute. Number six, I have Oklahoma. Because they're undefeated, but they're starting to look better. I refuse to put Caleb Williams into any Heisman consideration on my end because he'll have only played in about half the season, and and I just can't do that. He is a fantastic quarterback, and he he has the potential to be better than Kyler Murray was. I mean, he has that. He he could be that good. I really believe that. Uh, Number seven, I have Oregon. Oregon has a very, very good shot still, um, but if they lose another game, they will drop a lot because the Pac-12 is not good besides them. Um, Their win over Ohio State obviously has to mean something, uh, but that loss to Stanford is not good. Number eight, I put Michigan. I wasn't about to drop Michigan out of the top ten. I think anybody who watched that football game on Saturday could see that both of those teams are top ten football teams. <clears throat> I will get more to Michigan, but uh, number nine, I have Notre Dame. Ten, I said Wake Forest. Eleven, Oklahoma State. Twelve, Texas A&M. Thirteen, Baylor. Or 13 Auburn 14 Baylor 15 Ole Miss 16 Coastal Carolina I will continue to rank the shots high because they are a damn good football team number 17 UTSA number 18 Kentucky 19 BYU 20 Louisiana 21 Houston 22 Iowa who is dropping drastically Number 23, App State. 24, SMU. 25, Fresno State. And my next five, Penn State, Pitt, San Diego State, NC State, Wisconsin. And I got to throw number 31 in there for my guy, uh, Chance Boomy. Number 31 is going to be NIU, the best team in the Mac. Now the team I threw in there at the end, Wisconsin, I, I firmly believe that Wisconsin is going to win the big 10 West and they will end up playing either Ohio state or Michigan state. I, I'm not going to say who it will be, um, either way, um, because Michigan state is, is way better than advertised. Even, um, <clears throat> but Wisconsin is trending in the right direction. I watched them in person against Army and I was impressed by the way that they were they moved the football. They did what they needed to do and they're starting to click on all cylinders right now. Um I know Graham Mertz has taken a taken a lot of flack for his play early in the year, but he's stepped up and he's playing better and that team's playing better. And I'm a firm believer that Wisconsin wins out. Until the Big Ten title game. Um, but let me spend the rest of the show talking about Michigan, Michigan State. As as a young man who grew up in, born and raised in Flint, Michigan, this rivalry means everything to me and to the people of the state of Michigan. I Flint is only about 45 minutes from East Lansing, from Michigan State. And I have had a lot of friends, um, athletic teammates uh, for basketball and other sports attend Michigan State and play at Michigan State. Um, But my father went to Michigan and uh, was a part of uh, the University of Michigan. So my allegiance and my ties have always been to the University of Michigan. But I've never, ever had a gripe against Michigan State because of the people that I've known from, from where I grew up going to Michigan State. But I, I have to say that this rivalry being where it's at right now is such a big thing for the state, for the state of Michigan. <clears throat> those, those who don't know, and, and it's been very publicized, um, where I'm from in Flint... Uh, all the issues that have gone on there, and then and it's been pretty publicized. All the issues in De, in Detroit, mm-hmm. in that area, um, that state, in that region, need need the athletic teams to be good to give the people in that state something to hold on to. And uh, the work industry is getting a lot better in Michigan, and Michigan is trending up significantly and it's it's a lot better than what it was uh five ten years ago even B- but this rivalry means so much to the state and and i can speak and i can speak to this from growing up in the state living in the state for a good chunk of my life for all for the majority of my youth and formative years of my youth i lived in the state of michigan and i I, I'm I'm sure that there are other states where the rivalry between the two state schools is just as passionate, but but the rivalry that exists between Michigan and Michigan State is dividing of families and households and uh and <laughs> bloodlines and everything. And the fact that both of these teams are as good as they are this year is the best thing that could happen, not only both those schools, but the best thing that could happen to that state, the best thing that could happen to the Big Ten. I mean, both of these teams have a legit chance against Ohio State. They really, really do. And I haven't been able to say that about Michigan for years, for years. But Michigan State, what they can do defensively, They, I mean, we all know Michigan state always has a very stout defense. They're usually always stout against the run. They're good against the pass. They get a good pass rush. I mean, we, you know what you get when you go up against Michigan state, usually defensively, they're going to be physical. And that's just what they, that's just what they do. But now, and usually Michigan state, is a good running back, but Kenneth Walker to the third is like another level of running back, um, especially with what he did this past weekend. But now the Spartans have some receivers that can they can go down the field with Reed and Naylor and do some really really big things offensively. And I think that's what really sets them apart from previous Michigan State teams. Even the team that went to the College Football Playoff I'm not saying that this Michigan State team is going to win the college football playoff because I, I believe Georgia and Alabama are better. But, <clears throat> but this Michigan State team can hang with them, can absolutely hang with them and give them everything that they want and, and even potentially win the football game. I, I firmly believe that. Michigan State proved that to me in that game Saturday. That that is that is the best Michigan State football team I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of really good Michigan State football teams over the years by watching this rivalry and by watching Michigan State beat Michigan for so many years now. And, and even in the past, growing up, when TJ Duckett scored that touchdown late that might not have been a touchdown, but it was ruled a touchdown. Um but but that's, that's what this rivalry means to me. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's really, really important to me that this rivalry is what it is right now. Like I said in the previous podcast with Jake Saul, who I had on, we, we were very, very hard on Michigan in the preseason and a preseason show we did. <clears throat> Almost to the, to the point where both him and I, especially myself, said Harbaugh should be fired. Well, he definitely should not be fired. And it's almost to the point where Scott Frost is with Nebraska right now. They're so close. They are so close. And you're not going to get somebody better for the job. You really aren't. Michigan is very, very close to being what they need to be to beat that great Michigan. That Michigan State team is a great team to beat that great Michigan State team. To beat a great Ohio State team and to compete against Georgia and Alabama, Michigan is right there. They're right there, guys. <clears throat> and, and, and it's just like Scott Frost with Nebraska. Like all the close games he's lost, like they're right there. So I don't think he should be fired either. And that's that's why I say like you got a big name alumnus. As your head coach, the job obviously means a, everything to him. Or he wouldn't like in Jim Harbaugh's case, he wouldn't have took the pay cut that he took this year because obviously the job means a great deal to him. And I don't think he's looking to leave. So th- th- this is an important important thing. But I just have to say, Mel Tucker what he's done with that Michigan State football team in the past year and a half going on two years or let's just say two years is nothing short of amazing. Honestly, I mean the, the physicality and discipline that that team plays with the toughness that they have. I mean, the the Fox, uh, the, the, commentators kept saying that his whole thing going into that game was we're tougher than Michigan and we'll finish the job well they are that team is the tough one of the toughest football teams I've ever seen and they went out there, executed a game plan almost to perfection and were just tougher and outworked them and the results fell where they where they did and I, I hope I hope more teams start to go with that blueprint like be tough, be physical, finish the job, finish the job. And Mel Tucker and Michigan State have done that and I hope I hope I hope he stays. I really do. I know you hear him in all the rumors for LSU, but I really hope Mel Tucker stays the, at Michigan State because it's so big for that for that university, for the Big Ten, for the state of Michigan. For the rivalry, it's a, I mean, it means everything if he's able to stay. Because Michigan State can win a national title. And they have, I think they have the Heisman Trophy. The guy who's going to win the Heisman Trophy in their backfield, Kenneth Walker. So, kudos to Michigan State for getting that win. And one thing I want to conclude with, what if Kenneth Walker was still at Wake Forest? Because he transferred from Wake Forest. Wake Forest is undefeated as well. Really, really good football team. Best start in school history. Very legit shot to win the ACC. They have a chance to go to the playoff too. What if he was still there? I mean, you got to wonder what that would look like. But but nonetheless, like kudos to both Michigan and Michigan State for what they've done this year. And again... I couldn't have been more wrong about the University of Michigan, and I am so happy that I was wrong, and I was so happy watching that football game. Yes, I was disappointed that Michigan lost, but the effort put out by both of those teams is why we love this sport, because that was clearly one of the best football games that we have seen in a long, long time, and like I said before, it was very, very apparent that those are two of the best 10 teams in college football very apparent and bravo to both programs for the way that they p- played and the way that they displayed themselves in the universities that they represent and the great state of michigan that i love well guys that concludes our show i thank everybody so much for tuning in um you can follow me personally at coach underscore b will love to interact with everybody feel free to ask questions chime in uh the Twitter account for the podcast is at TNT college foot one. Uh, You can listen to uh, the podcast on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, give us a follow, continue to listen guys. And as always feel free to ask questions, chime in. If you want to hear a topic discussed, just, uh, just shoot me a message and I'll be excited to talk. Anything and everything when it comes to college football. But uh, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a good night. God bless.